You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun, senor, you have obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas. I'm on night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I can give you those by Friday. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lucky Week number seven of the Wingfoot Locks for you. We have a great, great podcast filled with winners, and we are going to go streaking this week. Chris Portente has guaranteed me. Don't worry, it's a good thing we're talking about picking our second straight Wingfoot Lock winner. And we got a little twist on it this week. We'll explain a little bit. As always, with us, we have Chris Portente and Greg Hoyle. I hope you're following hashtag according to Hoyle because he continues to put out winners over there as well, especially on the college football locks. Unfortunately, we don't take uh, talk about those here. Greg, maybe we should start a podcast here talking about the college football locks if you continue on this trend. What do you think? Uh, nobody wants to hear me twice. <laughs> All right, once is enough. So let's let's give it to him quick. I love this. So we're going to start with a Thursday night special, and we got a head-to-head between you guys here. Kansas City minus three as they head into Denver for the Thursday night game. Uh, Greg, I'm going to let you start this one. You can bat lead off. You like Denver plus the points in this one. Why? Yeah, so I'm going Denver plus the points. Just to, you know, I like the equation that Indy – put out there two weeks back. Um, Denver's been playing close games at home. Um, they, they won the last one. They lost the first two uh, by two points each. Um, so granted, they weren't, you know, the Chiefs coming in, uh, but cluster injuries for the Chiefs on offensive line, defensive line, don't like that. Um, you've got Tyreek Hill, but Sammy Watkins is out as well. So, uh, I just think division game on the road, short week um, with Kansas City beat up a little bit. Uh, I would have loved to have caught it at four. Um, but basically, the the good thing about this is that there's about 80% of the public um, on the Chiefs already, but the lines moved in my favor. So that's always a good thing. Um, I'm still at a key number. I would love it at three and a half, but I'll take it at three. All right, that is that's some great. That's a concise breakdown and some really relevant information there. So, Chris, you though are going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs in this one. What's what's your rebuttal? When the line first opened up, uh, minus four and a half, I um, I really really liked it. Uh, That line moving down to three, um, not crazy about that angle of it. Um, the 80%, uh, 80-20 rule is in play here. I'm not crazy about that. But there are some, uh, there's some numbers here that are hard for me to uh, go against. Um, first of all, i got to agree with Greg on a few points. Uh, of course, the Thursday night game. Uh, of course, the short rest. Not only the Thursday night game, the road travel and the short rest, but um, Kansas City's defense has been on the field a lot. Um, I was looking at the numbers, and um, – According to their numbers and the stats, they've almost played a full game more than most of the other teams as far as defense. Uh, for instance, there were you take the San Francisco 49ers who won last week, right? Their defense was on the team 25 plays less than the Jaguars' defense. Than the um, I'm sorry, than the Chiefs' defense was on. Um, 
was on the field. So it just goes to show you that the winning teams, their defense gets off the team, off the field. Teams that are struggling, their defense cannot get off the field, and they're putting in a lot, a lot of work. All right, I got to interrupt you. So it sounds like you're making an argument here for Greg's side that Kansas City's no, defense can't get off the field. No, okay. I just, I'm just saying there are points with Greg that I that I agree on, but the reason why I'm going to go against Greg uh, is because the numbers here for me are just a little bit um, too strong. Um, so what I have here is the um, Broncos um, on the run. Uh, I lost my I lost my train. So like we're going to have to edit that, Joe. Hold on a second. Um, <laughs> anytime, by the way, for the record, anytime you guys tell me to edit. I, you can guarantee I won't edit. Uh, <laughs> All right, so I agree with Joe. I agree with Greg on, on most of those points, but there are some numbers here that I just simply can't go against, and this is why I'm going to go with the uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, since 2015, under Andy Reid as head coach, Kansas City is 22 and three straight up and 17 and eight against the spread versus AFC West teams. Uh, those are pretty good numbers. And they also they have seven straight wins against the Broncos in their last seven games against the Broncos, all wins. And in those games, KC is six and one against the spread in those seven straight wins versus the Broncos. I mean, I like that. In the past 15 games, Denver is four and 11 straight up and four, 10 and one against the spread in primetime games. Um, so these are numbers I like, and uh, they're hard to go against. Um, there are some great points on, on, on both angles. And, again, I was more heavily on this line, on this game before the line moved and before 80% of the public was on uh, on the Chiefs. Um, but I just think I think uh, Patrick Mahomes is getting a little slack this week in the media, and I think he finds a way to pull his team on his shoulders this week and, uh, and get it done. I just think they have too much for, for the Broncos. So uh, I think this is interesting. Obviously, we talked about all the injuries. Um, and those numbers. I recall us being on the Broncos last year. I believe it was a Monday night football game, Chris. The Broncos were getting about five points against the Kansas City Chiefs at home, and it took that backwards, no-look, whatever pass from Mahomes uh, to to get that touchdown and, and come back. It looked like the Broncos were in there the whole way. So I, I've seen them limit this Kansas City Chiefs offense. Um, and I think, you know, outside of a few... Outside of really two roughing the passer calls that they had against them, the Broncos, they could easily be four and two, and this could be a matchup for first place in the division. Um, so I see that, and I think a mile high going to play there on a short week, Greg. I, I think that you know that really does pose some tough, tough sledding, and especially when your team is banged up. So you figure your depth chart's not going to be that good there. Um, Tariq Hill scares me. I think you saw the difference with him out, but I think the biggest thing is the offensive line. Mahomes has been running and for his life, uh, and obviously he can extend plays in the pocket. I think we've seen a little bit with Russell Wilson to this year, but um, you know I think it's different when you have Tariq Hill on the other side being able to extend those plays rather than some of the other wide receivers. It's harder to cover him for five seconds than it is to cover some of these other wide receivers for five seconds. So I could see a couple big plays in there. But I think the stat that rings truest to me and is going to be most prevalent in this game is, Chris, you said it is that this Kansas City defense cannot get off the field. And they have been forced to play so much. And I think if the Chiefs hit those big plays, 
it might only be a detriment to that defense because they're going to have to stay on the field for a longer period of time in this one. And I think that ends up favoring the Broncos. Uh, I love the fact that 80% of the public is on it, um, on the Kansas City side. And so I'll go opposite with the line moving in our direction. And I think I'll take the, the Broncos plus three, see if we can get it at three and a half. Um, so, Greg, I'm with you on this one. Now, you said you like the under in this one as well, Greg. Why? Yeah, I mean, the only thing that scares me, I got Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman taking the air out of the ball. Uh, you know, I think the, the indie game is really what we want to point at of, you know, kind of a game manager at Burstett uh, and Flacco just manage the game with some weapons and then really just cram it down their throat for the last, you know, um, third and fourth quarter, right? So keep that defense on the field. So, um, you know, if, if I'm picking between the two, I'm going with the plus three. I wouldn't do, you know, just uh, I stay away from those parlays, right, where it's, you know, if you got one right, you got the, the, the other wrong and you lose outright. So I just do them as separate bets and hope that the handicap is correct. All right. A couple, a couple more points, Greg, uh, Joe and Greg. Uh, the other thing is with the Chiefs, their run defense has been um, has been suspect. They haven't been able to stop the run. But um, the, Bronco, the, uh, the Broncos' uh, run game has been pretty good, but their yards per, get, per carry is not through the roof. So I think they might catch a little break here this week, the Chiefs. And the other thing is I'm going to go with, and this is one of the things I went with last week that worked, is Flacco versus Mahomes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Mahomes. Fair enough. Fair enough. No no argument there. Um, but just for that yards per carry, I do want to point out that the, the Broncos have had a really tough schedule when you look at some of the defenses they've played, um, including, I mean, they played the Bears, the Packers, and the Jaguars, or all with solid defenses, uh, especially up front. So I think that might have influenced it. And the Raiders, I mean, look, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that, actually. I, I like that Raiders game we'll talk about it in a minute. But um, I, I think that's a, a really interesting thing when you look at the defenses that they've uh, had to play so far this year. Um, and, uh, I mean, so we'll see. So you, you like the under in that one as well, Chris, or you're staying away from that? I'm staying away from the totals. I haven't uh, dug too deep into the totals. All right, let's move on. Jump ahead to Sunday. Greg, um, <clears throat> all right, we need to have a talk here. This is, this is, this is a, a moment between us here, Greg. We talked about the sushi this season. The, sh- the sushi is very bad this season, Greg. But you want to go back to Miami, to South Beach, and you want to – Try one more time to see if we can get the sashimi instead this week and the Miami Dolphins plus 17 points at Buffalo. Make your case. Mm-hmm. Uh, 17-point spreads were not meant for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, right? I respect the hell out of the team. I think he is a very serviceable fantasy football quarterback. Um, but as far as laying 17 points... Absolutely not. Uh, I love that Fitzpatrick is going to quarterback this game. Sure, he'll throw a pick, uh, but he also might put one in the end zone. So from that side of things, you know, you, you saw the team. They don't give up. So, I mean, that, that spunky little effort there when Fitzmagic came we in want, last we week. Same Dolphins. Ah, come on. That, that effort against the Redskins last week, that was that's, – that's classic. Classic backdoor cover right there. Same, same thing you guys were hoping on from Cincinnati. So we appreciate no, we were, those. We weren't, we weren't hoping, Greg. We knew. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I just you know you you don't see these type of of lines right, and they're really meant for 
you know, the, the Patriots and, and these really top tier scoring offenses. Right. So um, I think that the Dolphins will be able to put up seven or 10. And I don't think that, you know, Buffalo is going to lay 30 in this game. So um, I, I like it to be a lower scoring match. And I, I like the Dolphins there, you know, not not totally rolling over. They were in they were in the Cowboys game until they just totally let that slip at halftime. And then they got totally away from them after half. So maybe maybe they quit. Well, <laughs> How about that Chargers game? Perhaps. Listen, we're, we're, we're doing it. And we, meaning me, myself, and my money, and we'll be all right. I want to, I really want to, as a friend, tell you, Greg, I want to play back your own words to you about how you were going to, about a couple years ago, when the Sharps kept saying that the Cleveland Browns were going to cover a spread one day. And you said to me, you can't bet that game. You cannot bet that team. Don't put good money money on bad teams. Your words. Your words. And and as a friend. As a friend here, yeah. All right, so let's it, talk about last, last week. Last week, and if and if they cover this week, that, and then next week, that's what we call a winning streak. <laughs> so let's talk about that cover last week, coming off a bye, okay, mm-hmm. against the Washington Redskins. If the team is going to get a win, right, that's the they're they're at home against the Washington Redskins. We, we don't want wins. Right, we need covers because it's the not right. Is, but you, you, you don't think there was a, a little cue there for that guy to drop the ball on the two point conversion? There was there was a signal. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you think that's yeah, what it was? This is the signal, Greg. This is a signal. That's uh, the signal. <laughs> um, so it's yeah, signal. So they, they clearly they wanted to win. Clearly they knew this was their one chance to win a game. Uh, they're trying to win. They wouldn't be put. They wouldn't be put Fitzpatrick back in if they're not trying to win. If they wanted to tank every game, then they'd leave Rosenberg, Rosen, uh, jo- Rosen in there to, uh, to just get Rosen the top down and lose every game. Rosen the fact Steen. that they're going back is they want to win a game. They're trying to win a game. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Rosen, Steenberg, Stein, Ida, just, just Rosen. We'll just drop all the rest of it off the end of it there. I, I, I just – Rowan Gardner. I, put him in the game. They, he, they'd be better served, perhaps, if he was in the game from uh, Rookie of the Year here. All right. So a couple things. They're they're gonna play the Bills in Buffalo with Buffalo coming off a bye. Okay, this Buffalo defense has been really really good this season. Okay, and they shut down the Patriots. Yes, their yards per play. They've been only given up four point five yards per play on defense. Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are only averaging four yards per play on offense. That is near if, – if I believe the Jets are the only team worse, and I think, they think they've got 3.9 this season, and they've been playing with a third-string quarterback um, for the majority of the season. I think that the Buffalo Bills are going to score on defense in this game. And I think uh, – I, I just think that they are going to demoralize their division rivals. You come hanging your head. It would be different, I think, if they're coming in here off a win. But this, and I looked at it next week. It's not really a look-ahead game for the Bills. Uh, Buffalo next week has Philly, so they're not playing a division game there. Um, and when we talked about quarterbacks, you said it. Fitzpatrick is gonna turn the ball over, and that could lead to a couple defensive scores. And I like when we talk about we talk about two things, right? Quarterback and coaching. 
I really like what McDermott's doing over there in Buffalo. And I'll give Flores a pass because he's got no talent on this team right now. And he's, he's playing with a hodgepodge, the bad news, Bears wide receivers. But uh, when you just look at this matchup, this screams blowout to me. Uh, and I think you talked about Josh Allen being a serviceable, serviceable fantasy quarterback. I think this week he is a stud fantasy quarterback to play in this one. So, Greg, you are out on that Miami beach all by yourself on this one. I'm gonna tr- glad glad to be here. I'm gonna try one more time. I'm gonna try one more time to. I'm gonna when we get off this call, I'm gonna play back your own words for you, not my words, yours, so that you can hear them, and remember that we're nothing if not principled. Let's move on because we've talked about the Miami Dolphins far too long on this podcast this entire season. The next I'm game. Not, wait, 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 oh, on, Joe, I got, I got, I got, I got a little bit of an opinion on this game. You have to stay on it for a bit more. All right, he's dead and buried. You want to throw more dirt on the grave? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so I was able to talk you off the Browns last week and yes. save you a few shekels. I have to do my due diligence here and try and try and save Greg a few dollars. Okay. <laughs> now I agree with one thing he said: sixteen and a half and seventeen point spreads are not built for. Um, for that quarterback over there, I understand that, but I agree with you wholeheartedly. That point spread is going to be covered by additional points being scored by the defense. That's a, ser- a real defense over there. They play some tough football. They, they they kept their team in the game versus the Patriots, and they're going to score some points this week. But here we go. We all know the Dolphins are 1-4 against the spread this year because we've been burned by it a couple of times. <laughs> they're 1-7 they're against the spread going back their last eight games. They're 0-5 against the spread and straight up as double-digit dogs. They're 0-3 this year as double-digit dogs. And I understand he's saying that these these double-digit spreads and these big spreads are built for the Patriots and teams like that. But this is what you need to know. In the past five years, NFL teams on a whole are 21-11 against the spread when they're favored by two TDs or more. Okay, so, I mean, the the, the numbers are stacked there on on top of the fact that we all know it. Tastes like chicken, but smells like fish. <laughs> oh, man. All right. That's it. Devin Singletary also back, I think, for the Bills this week. Watch for him to have a big week. All right. Jacksonville and Cincinnati. <laughs> like how we just throw that in there. Chris, the Jacksonville Jaguars were another team you told us to stay away from last week as they uh, lost to the New Orleans Saints at home. But you are on them this week as they head to Cincinnati, three-point favorites on the road. Obviously, we know Jalen Ramsey getting traded from uh, the Jaguars this week. You don't think that's a big deal. Tell me why you're on Jacksonville. Okay, well, I like Jacksonville. Um, under normal circumstances, losing a player like that, a big trade like that, it would it would sway me a little bit. But the fact that he hasn't played, the fact that he's uh, his antics have been being dealt with, I think they're already used to that. I think they knew that he was eventually, you know, going to be moved. I, I don't see that as big as a as a deal as I might under other circumstances. Um, but um, I like the Jaguars. I like him laying the three and a half. Um, and here's why: in the past uh, eight games dating back to last season, Cincinnati is one and seven against the spread and two and six straight up. And those are in home games. Okay, that, that, that those are some some. So you're supposed to be good at home. You're supposed to hold your own at home. One and seven against the spread. Two and six straight up at home for Cincinnati. Also, big stack coming right here, Joe. Get ready. All right. Uh-oh. Jacksonville. Jacksonville against NFC North teams in the past ten games are eight, oh, 
and two. Now, wait, wait, wait. You said, you, you said NFC. I just want to make sure you meant AFC. You said NFC, North teams. Right? Right. Yeah, I met it. Okay, I just want to make sure. So let's do it one more time for the effect, for the O effect. Okay, the Jags are against the AFC North teams in the past 10 games are 8, 0, and 2. I repeat, 8, 0, and 2 against the spread. Those are numbers you cannot deny. Cincinnati held their own last week. They did what we thought they were going to do against the Ravens. They, They hung in there. Uh, there were some trends in their favor that we liked. They got the backdoor cover that we were hoping for. And uh, I, they're not going to do that this week. This week they're going to go back to their old Bengal ways. Uh, the pink water gun is going to go back to his ways. And Jacksonville's going to dominate them this week. I got one question on this one, and I, I don't know what you got. I haven't heard the latest. I, I know that A.J. Green is questionable to return. Do we know where he's at? Are we expecting him to play in this one? Uh, that's the last I heard, but I, I don't expect him to play because the way they were talking last week, he was still um, at least a couple of weeks away. All right. Greg, your thoughts on this one? I can't imagine them trotting him out there, uh, especially if they're trying to trade him. Uh, so they, I, I don't think he intends on playing for them uh, unless he got extended. And if they, I just – I have no no lean either way. Just on the AJ Green thing, I don't think you see him out there. Yeah, but the coach said there's they have absolutely no intention of trading him, so that's obviously true. He wouldn't, you know, mislead us in any way. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I have no strong feelings on this one. I was I was liking what I saw from Jacksonville's defense um, against New Orleans, but we'll talk about we'll get to them in a second uh, in last week's. Uh, going on the road and winning in Cincinnati uh, when they're a favorite, I think that's a little bit of a different scenario for a rookie quarterback to do in Gardner Minshew. But uh, that being said, Cincinnati's pretty bad this season. I can't go against you, Chris, but I don't know if I'm going to be on it uh, with Jacksonville as well. So you like the Jaguars. You're on your own island there. You can enjoy uh, your, your drink with an umbrella in it. All right, this one I think I'm going to be on an island for. The Oakland Raiders plus six and a half points. At Green Bay this week. Oakland is coming off the bye in their London trip where they beat Chicago. Green Bay coming off that win on Monday Night Football uh, against Detroit. And we all know that that one was questionable uh, at best with some scripted. of the calls. Scripted. Oh, that's, I like to go with scripted. That, that's a good word for it. I mean, there's a that's lot. That's a word I like. <laughs> The NFL's got nothing on the WWE sometimes, let me tell you. Yeah, so a couple of quick questionable calls. Yes, Oakland is going west to east, but they're coming off the bye uh, in this one, so I don't think that's going to be a big play in this one. One of the things that I think is kind of sneaky for me is how well Oakland's defense has been playing. They uh, actually, right in the middle of the league, um, 5.8 yards per play, uh, and then on offense, not too bad. They actually are, are putting up better numbers offensively in yards per play than the Green Bay Packers are, 5.7 to 5.5. I don't know that they can win this one outright, but I don't need them to. Uh, I got it at 6.5 right now, and I think I'll take the points. you got the extra rest. I think Gruden is still a good coach. Uh, I think that the team is playing well. They, they won over the Bears, so that we've seen that they can score against a good defense. I haven't liked what I've seen from the Packers offense so far this season, and that includes Monday night. And I think that with the extra time to prepare and the short rest for Green Bay, Green Bay maybe gets a little complacent. I think they actually fall behind early in this one, but they'll come back to get the victory. Also, you got to look at Devontae Adams and see what his health is for this game as he uh, is still dealing with that injury. So I will take the points with the Raiders in Green Bay this week. Go ahead, guys. 
Let me know uh, what island I'm on over here. Uh, if I if I can attack this first, um, uh, I looked at that game a little bit, and I got to tell you, the numbers are stacked heavily against the Raiders. But having <laughs> said all that, but having said all that, Joe, and I we we went in the, into detail about this a few podcasts ago. Uh, your gut has a lot to do with what we do here sometimes, and my gut tells me the Raiders are going to be in this game. Again, I don't know if they can win it. Um, I'd like to think they can cover that six-and-a-half spread. Uh, I also remember you and I sitting at a bar in Atlantic City one day hoping the Raiders would cover a spread to hit a big ball. <laughs> and, and that us. But we're going to forget that because you got to put your losses behind you and get back on the horse. Uh, but if a gun to my head, i got a gut feeling the Raiders are going to be in this game, and it's going to be closer than most think. Greg? Yeah, and just if you can get it at six and a half, I'm seeing it at five and a half uh, everywhere. Oh, wow. Um, but I would still wait. I think it's it's a different story without Devontae Adams in there. Uh, and I think that's really jammed up. You saw it at the end of the Eagles game. Um, and then you saw it, obviously, last week. They got behind pretty quick there. Uh, and then it was tough to, to come out of the hole and they needed a lot of help. So, yeah, I take the points. And then, honestly, the Raiders surprised me. I was on Chicago a couple of weeks ago when they had that uh, win by the Raiders. They're, they're surprisingly good. I'm still not convinced that Gruden's any good of a coach, but that's uh, what it is. Let's not forget, in the week before Chicago, they went into Indy and beat Indy uh, in Indy. So the Oakland and Oakland looked like a solid team this year with the exception of maybe one game. Um, and I think uh, I think this week they're they're in it. At, at the very least, it's a great spot. It's a really good spot for them. Uh, coming off a of Green Bay, coming off a division game on short rest, while they got the long rest coming off the bye. So, all right, that's my argument on that one. Next game here, we've got Houston. Uh, the Texans are plus one at Indy right now. Greg, you uh, you like the Colts in this one? You're taking a money line. You're not gonna uh, deal with the point in this one. Just picking winners here. What do you like about Indy in this one? Yeah, so similar as what you just said, coming off the bye, um, I like that. And, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, with Houston coming off that, that big win against Kansas City, right? So that's that's definitely a good um, situation to be betting against um, Houston there. So uh, Indy's been definitely, as long as they control the game and, and it's more of a yeah, kind of a ground and pound uh, defensive type of game, I definitely like Indy and the way the Brissette's been playing. Uh, I believe they're getting Leonard back, so this is going to be a common theme, right? If Adams is out for Green Bay, I like that Oakland pick a little bit more. As long as Leonard's back for Indy, they've been playing okay without him. That that Oakland game that you mentioned, Leonard and Hooker, that, were the, yep. that was their, their first game out, so that's kind of the reason they got steamrolled. Uh, and you know they're 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 back. They're they're operating well. Hilton's going to be healthy, um, so I, I definitely like them to, to just you know come out, play a good game, and um, take it on the field. Yeah, and, and just a couple notes on that. As we say, uh, when we last saw the Indianapolis Colts, you mentioned Leonard was out, and I think T.Y. Hilton missed that game as well. Uh, against the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, Malik Hooker, uh, doubtful for this one, still dealing with a uh, meniscus injury, I believe, in, in his knee. So, um, but as you said, Leonard is back on this, and obviously extra time to prepare, always good. Uh, Chris, what do you think about the Colts this week? All right, this is a, this is a, it's a little bit of a tough game, but I, I got to side with Greg. Um, I mean, when you first look at it at first glance, 
um, you look at the Texans, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Texans are like the uh, the road warriors right now, right? Aren't they six in? Are they six and all on the on the road in their last six games? Did anybody have that in front of them by any chance? Well, they. I mean, their last their last uh, their last few road wins, um, they got some incredible numbers on the road, right? So the games I have here at the Saints, they lost uh, thirty to twenty eight. So maybe against the spread, if you've got that there. Uh, yeah, they, the they they beat the Chargers twenty seven twenty, and then the Chiefs thirty one twenty four. So um, so those are their games on the road so far this season, uh, and they are right. two and one in them straight up, uh, possibly three and zero against the spread. If you're going, okay, if, I, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I believe they're undefeated against the spread this season on the road. Yep, and I think it goes back to at least back to last year. I think it's five and one or six or six and zero. Oh. So those are decent numbers, but the Colts also the Colts have some great numbers at home. Uh, the Colts have been on, on a roll at home, and the Colts versus the Texans straight up. The Colts have um, some good numbers in those head-to-head matchups as well. Um, I just think that line that line tells me that as well as the Texans are playing, um, and they beat some some good teams in the last couple of weeks. The Texans, um, and everybody's on that Texan bandwagon, and that line is a little glaring to me. I think. Colts take care of business at home this week. Yeah, so when you say good teams, I'm going to use air quotes around the good teams that they've beat because we just talked about the injuries that KC's been dealing with, and that's not the same team. The other good well, team... I'm, I'm, I'm talking on paper. I'm talking in the, when, the, when, the, when the the general public, the general better looks, Kansas City in their eyes is a good team. Yeah, I'm not mean, going to stop breaking Kansas City's run defense and, and injuries. You know, on, on paper, Kansas City is a good team. They're a top echelon team. It doesn't hurt when you put up uh, 84 points in two weeks between that and the 53 they put up against the Falcons. But the Falcons uh, might as well not send a defense out there, and I think they'd uh, they'd be just as successful sometimes. Um, but that being said, yeah, I, I love fading offensively potent teams um, because I think the public tends to lean that way. And I think that... Uh, you know, we talked about spot. I like this spot for the Colts. You're getting the uh, you're getting them at a good price right now. And I believe, Greg, correct me if I'm wrong. I know we were talking a lot about last season, the, the matchup between these two teams. Um, obviously, the Colts beat them in the playoffs, and uh, they split the regular season with the only loss for the Colts coming when they went for it on I think it was fourth and one or fourth and two in overtime. Is that right? Ugh. And then they are from their own 30 or 35 yard line. Was that the only loss for the Colts last year? Against Houston, it was brutal. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I like that in this one as well. I'm going to be on the Colts with the, I think all three of us. Then uh, we'll ride with the Colts in this one. Um, and money line, obviously, we don't need to worry about that point. What are you seeing it at right now, Greg? Money line. Do you have that in front of you? Um, I got uh, the lines one. Yeah. So probably so minus one twenty-five. Like to. Yeah, I like to eliminate that point just to make sure I get a win if I'm right. Um, one fifteen. Oh, there you go, one fifteen. Wow, sometimes you even pay one twenty. Okay. All right, so let's move on to the next one: the Arizona Cardinals coming off a win against the Atlanta Falcons, plus three as they they head to MetLife Stadium to take on the New York Giants. Giants coming off that Thursday night loss to the New England Patriots. And I am all over the Giants in this one. And I want to start with perception because Greg was talking about before this podcast how the Giants gave up 35 points to the New England Patriots. And while I know that they struggled there, their defense was solid. Let's not forget that their defense had a touchdown that they ran back. 
uh, on the fumble on Brady. And then their their offense gave up two defensive touchdowns. Well, one special teams, one defensive touchdown to the Patriots. So that's that's 14 points. They give giving up 21 points to the New England Patriots on the road on Thursday night. Not terrible. Now, I know the Patriots weren't at full strength in that one, uh, but we're talking about a much different team with the Arizona Cardinals coming in. They do not have the defense that the Patriots have, and they don't even have the offense and the experience that the Patriots have. Uh, Arizona's riding a two-game win streak, which is great. That's two games, right? Is that That's real? Arizona has a two-game win streak this season? I, I can't believe it. Yeah, that's, that's shocking to me. They beat the mighty Bengals of Cincinnati and the Atlanta Falcons. And back-to-back games. I never thought I would be saying that the Arizona Cardinals won back-to-back games this season, but they have. Um, And I think that this is just a good spot for the Giants. Obviously, we're talking about a little extra rest. We're talking about a West Coast team going east for a 1 o'clock start. The Giants getting a little healthier. Got to watch the injury report because two big questions. Saquon Barkley could be back this week, which is huge if he returns. If not, their running game is going to struggle again because I believe Wayne Gallman has already been ruled out. So they'd be down to a third string running back again in this one. Although they did sign, uh, what's his name, Buck Allen, I think it is, who used to play for the Ravens. They released Hilleman after that uh, fumble, which was returned by Kyle Van Noy for a touchdown by the Pats. So if he comes back, I think that's uh, that's a huge upgrade for them. And I'm more concerned with that over Sterling Shepard, who's still dealing with his concussion protocol. If you've watched the Giants this season, Darius Slayton has proved to be a solid wide receiver for this team. Uh, and he, Dan, uh, Daniel Jones, I wanted to call him Danny Dimes. I couldn't even remember his last name. Daniel Jones has a serious connection with him. Uh, on the long ball, which has helped stretch the field. I like Golden Tate helping to be the consistent catch receiver underneath, and obviously Evan Ingram. I think this Giants team has a lot of weapons. I think they have a big step down in their competition this week, and I think that's the biggest deep difference. I think stringing together three straight wins for Arizona seems unfathomable to me, so I will take the Giants in this one. I will lay the three points at home, and I think that this one is a little bit of a route. Uh as the Giants will run over the Cardinals, especially if Saquon's back. So those are my thoughts on this. Gentlemen. Uh, I'll take it, I'll take it, uh, Joe. Uh, I agree with you on this one. Uh, I th- and I think it sounds more and more like uh, the Giants are getting healthy this week. Um, uh, all the information I got looks like Saquon might be back. Uh, looks like Sterling Shepard will definitely be back. And looks like Ingram will definitely be back. That is, that's a big boost for the Giants. Um, I agree with the Cardinals. Um, three and three in a row for them seems to be tough. Um, all their numbers, the numbers against the uh, uh, the trends for the Cardinals coming to the East Coast, the numbers are not very good uh, in their history. But under under Kingsbury, they seem to be two and zero in these East Coast games. But I don't think that's going to matter this week. Um, I think the Giants are. It's a good spot for the Giants. I think they get healthy. I'm not as sold on their defense as you are. I still think their defense is atrocious. Yes, they did play. They did play well against the Pats, but it was also a night game. It's against the Pats. The Giants in this head from their fan base to their owners, they 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 get up for the Pats uh, for whatever reason it is. They get up for the Pats. But yes, two of those touchdowns, fourteen points were of special teams. Um, but I, I and I think that defense will come back to reality a little bit this week. But I don't think it's going to make a difference. I think they're going to handle the the, the Cardinals. Yeah. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I don't see them winning this game by 20, uh, but I think they cover that spread. And let me be clear. I am not saying that the Giants' defense is going to finish in the top 10 or anything this season. But let me say that I have had them so bad to start the season. And you know I 
loaded up against them when they played Minnesota just a couple weeks ago. I just think that the level of competition that we're talking about here is, is very different, and I think that they can succeed. You're right, Chris. Uh, I think that they do get up for the New England Patriots, but I know that that has propelled them in a couple games after they played the Patriots in previous season. I'm hoping that that can carry over this week uh, as they take on the Cardinals. Greg, any thoughts on this one? Nope, and I'm kind of losing you guys a little bit here, so I'll just pass. Okay. Our next game that we want to go to is the hashtag for the week. The New Orleans Saints plus three and a half as they head to Chicago to take on the Bears. Chicago coming off their bye off that London trip where they lost to the Oakland Raiders. And Chris, we're calling this the werewolf lock. Uh, no, Greg is calling it oh, the werewolf lock. Okay. I'm calling this the Lock. <laughs> All right. Apparently, you guys apparently have not been listening. As you say, Chris, are you listening to the podcast? <laughs> gentlemen are listening to the podcast. We know Greg not listening. If he is listening, he's not taking it to heart because you do not bet against the Saints in October. I don't care who the quarterback is. Okay. When the numbers are the numbers, you can't go against these numbers until they're not the numbers. I get burned this week or on another another one, fine. But until I do, I'm riding the wave. Now, the Saints, the line opened up as the Bears minus three and a half. Now, I agree with Greg's first um, thought on this was, why are they getting three and a half at home? And I'm going to tell you why they're getting three and a half. Uh, they're getting three and a half from the Bears because everybody is waiting for Teddy Bridgewater to lose a game. Okay, the first thought was when Breeze went out, let's just go three and three. If we can get the three and three out of Bridgewater and get the Breeze, we'll be fine. He's four and oh, okay? So everybody's saying he's got to lose a game, right? He's going into Soldier Field, tough place to play. And actually, the Bears are 18, six and one against the spread at home, which are pretty, pretty good numbers, okay? But I am not, and the Bears' defense, we all know what I think about them. I think they're good and they're opportunistic. But did you see that London game? They can't score. It's hard for them to score. They're having trouble putting points on the board. You're not going to get 21 or 28 points out of adding the defense. And I think Teddy Bridgewater and, and Sean Payton could put up some points. Okay? Now, I'm going to go back to these numbers again because I'm gonna, I want to drill these in your head. And, Greg, please, pay attention, Greg. You already lost <laughs> the other Greg. The black market only has so many organs for sale. <laughs> All right? Now, here we go. Yep. That was Saints. Iowa, not Jacksonville. I didn't have any lungs left to give come Sunday. <laughs> the Saints have now covered the spread in 15 straight October games. That's including last week's game versus Jacksonville, which we gave you. Okay? Now, you guys have to be listening. Okay? Greg, please listen. Okay? Because now, in the past 20 October games, they are 19-1 and straight up. And 19 and 1 against the spread. Those are serious numbers, okay? Now, you keep telling me Eddie Bridgewater is not Drew Brees, but he's 4 and 0. And guess what, Greg? 2 and 0 in October. <laughs> okay? Now, Joe, are you ready? I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to give you the sell point which got this game the, the hashtag. You ready? Yes. Sean Payton, okay? Coach Sean Payton, not Teddy, Greg. Not, not not Drew Brees. This is a Sean Payton stat. Sean Payton is 4-0. and oh. I repeat, 4-0 and oh 
over the past 10 years, straight up and against the spread versus the Chicago Bears. They have played them four times in the past 10 years, and they are 4-0. and And they have covered the spread all four times. So we are going for lucky number five. All right. So um, three-foot lock on an October Saints game. All right, all right. I, I got to ask you two things, though. I don't know if you heard P.J. Williams, their cornerback, out for a suspension, and Alvin Kamara is questionable dealing with an ankle injury. If Kamara doesn't play, you're still you're still on this. If Kamara doesn't play, that's a major, major difference, and I would probably lay off this game. Okay. But it sounds to I me, don't. I, I, I don't think you can do that. You can't. Peyton's nineteen and one. <laughs> you're in. <laughs> It, but everything You're I have in. done, and I due diligence, they're being cautious with Kamara in, in practice this week, but he, he's going to be a go. If for some reason something changes and he's not, then check back with us. But, you know, I, he's, he's going to go. All right. All right, Greg, you want your rebuttal and you want to talk about how much you love uh, October stats uh, that involve backup quarterbacks? So the dog with fleas. That's all I have to say. All right. So, so the guy, I, I, I got all I'm saying is Chicago's probably been hearing it for their bye week since they got back from the UK about how they did not show up with that defense. I just I, I'm I, I can't go against these this these data points, uh, so I won't, but it's very suspicious. All right. One thing I want to the Saints defense is no slouch, okay? And and the, and the Bears are having trouble putting points on the board. I mean, uh, I, I just I, you know, the Bears are having trouble putting points on the board. With that being said, guys, I, I mean, look, the over is only 38 and a half that I'm seeing that in this one. Uh maybe maybe we love the under in this one. No. Yeah, I'm going to stay yeah. I'm going to stay with the yeah. total. I don't have any 19 and 1 stats for the for the total. But I got 19 and 1 stats on the on the, on the team. Fair enough. All right, lock it up. The wing foot lock of the week, New Orleans plus three and a half in Chicago. We got one more game for you before we head out. The Philadelphia Eagles. Uh note the hat today, folks. There's no bias in these picks, we promise. Uh plus 3 as they head to Dallas to take on the Cowboys in the uh, Sunday night game of the week. So Greg you, as our resident Eagles expert, and I use—I won't use the word fan because there are there are emotions tied to fandom that I think we try to not have in this in this podcast. Uh, but so, as our resident Eagles expert, tell me why you like the Eagles this week? Because you said we were on the right side with Minnesota last week against the Birds. So why Philly this week? Yes, and I think that's important, right? You got to be able to pick against your own team uh, when you know it's not a good setup. And I think the the way that you exploit the Eagles, the Vikings showed last week, two good wide receivers, and just attack those quarterbacks. They're supposed to be. It's not confirmed yet if they're going to have Jalen Mills back. They say he's going to play. They say Ronald, Ronald Darby's going to play. So you're adding cornerbacks um, towards the secondary there. Um, and 
the pass rush hasn't gotten home, but we're really looking to see if the tackles are going to play for Dallas. So if you have both the left tackle and the right tackle, really, I just care about Smith on the left side. If he's not playing, I think that's a major advantage because you allow the pass rush to get home, which which helps cover up that poor secondary. Uh, and that's really what they need. Um, you, you know, and then you, you got to take into factor, is Amari Cooper playing? So everything I've heard is that you're going to have Cooper and Jackson both out for this game. I think that the Eagles are used to playing without Jackson at this point. The Cowboys, you know, obviously when it happens mid game, it's not beneficial, uh, but they're going to have to get used to playing without Cooper if he's going to be out for any extended period of time. So um, I just like the advantages there and I'm getting three. Uh, it's at minus 120, so you got to catch it now before it goes to two and a half if you like it. So I'm going to put a little faith in the the early injury reports, grab it at three, and then you know kind of see what happens uh, because I don't anticipate those major players. I know Chris, you had some other folks on the injury report for Dallas, but I just see Dallas getting a little more banged up and Philly getting a little bit healthier. Chris, yeah, um, so the Cowboys have seven. Um, starters who have not practiced yet this week, all right? Uh, they got Lyle Collins, who uh, did not practice, and he doesn't look like he's going to go. Uh, again, it's Wednesday. Uh, we're, we're taping this on Wednesday, and things can change. But he doesn't look like he's going to go. Uh, Tyron Smith, their left tackle, okay, um, their cornerstone piece of that offensive line, uh, he doesn't look like he's going to go, okay? Um, if those two guys don't go, we know. That's a major problem. Uh, Cobb hasn't practiced all week, but Cobb, from what I'm under, what I'm hearing, uh, it's a back problem, and he and he's probable. They're just being cautious with him. Uh, Cooper, from what I understand, is still in pain. Uh, Cooper's a tough guy. He might tough it out and go, but it might be similar to last week where he goes and a couple plays later he's out of the game. So I cannot rely on Cooper, and it has just been proven. Okay, before Cooper and since we got Cooper. The team is a complete different team without Cooper, okay? He was the answer last week, that last year, that put them on that streak to get to the playoffs and go on a winning streak. And when he's not involved in the game plan or he's not on the field, it's a different team. Now, Anthony Brown, one of their cornerbacks, he's most likely not going to go. And Byron Jones, their top cornerback, is injured. Chances are he'll go, but is he at 100%? These, these are big-time injuries for the Cowboys. Having said that, they're in all this turmoil. They dropped three in a row. The coach is on the hot seat. But, you know, the Cowboys are 9-1 and one against the spread, and they're straight up uh, and 9-1 and one straight up against NFC East teams. Uh, three straight over the Eagles, all by seven points or less. Um, I just – you can't bet the Cowboys. You can't wholeheartedly bet the Cowboys in the position they're in and with all these injuries. But the reason why I'm telling you this is no Jackson, right, on the, on, on, on the Eagles – and I know they're used to that, but Jackson kills the Cowboys. That deep threat kills the Cowboys. Them not being there, and I can tell you the Cowboys' offense is not getting back in sync this week with all these problems. What's the number on the total, Joe? Because as I'm, as I'm reading this to you, I'm talking myself into the under because the Cowboys' defense has been very outspoken this week. Um, they've been killing themselves, and I think the defense plays with a little pride this week. And I'm not, I don't know who wins this game. I can't tell you who wins this game, but I think it's going to be a low scoring battle. 48 and a half is what I've got it at right now. I think I like the under there. I think they're used to the Cowboys and the Eagles putting up points. I don't think the Cowboys are going to get back on track, especially with all these injuries. Uh, and I think the defense is going to play with some motivation and some pride. 
to, to keep the Eagles, you know, close. Again, I don't know who wins, but I, I think I, I'm leaning towards that under. All right. So let me throw this in there. I like the underplay, uh, especially because if the Cowboys are going to, quote unquote, get back on track, then that means they're going to run the ball a lot. But I you don't think they're going to be able to do it with their offensive line. You saw Dak running for his life against the Jets, and I think that the front seven of the Eagles is far superior to the Jets. We saw when they played two weeks ago, the Jets uh, and the Eagles. Now, we also talked about last week on this podcast how the Eagles were already talking about the Cowboys before they played the Vikings. You can't be looking ahead to pass the team like the Vikings and then not show up when you already just lost that game and got blown out. You sure as hell better show up and take care of business in the game that you were looking ahead to. So I think that's going to be big this week. Uh, and, and the spot, you just mentioned it, Chris, with the injury report. You and I were texting during the Cowboys-Jets game uh, about Jason Garrett. And we saw the players coming off the field, not giving Garrett a high five. And I, I laughed at something that you texted me. I don't remember exactly what it was, but you said, it's not funny. We can't laugh at it. I said, I'm laughing because two years ago when the Cowboys were winning, I wanted Jason Garrett fired. And I said, he probably saved his job. And it really pissed me off. The guy's a hell of a nice guy. Chris, you've had dinner with him, but God, when it comes to calling a game he is nothing he cannot game plan he does not x and o's you watch him on the sideline he does not adjust mid-game and i think that doesn't ultimate... talk. yeah so the princeton clapper as you've dubbed him uh he does a great job but chris is a pretty good clapper too so i think he could do that if, if need be out there uh, I, I, I think that this is a game where Doug Peterson has shown that he's willing to uh, push the ball down the field. He's willing to run those trick plays a little bit. And I think that the Eagles have been have been licking their chops for a long time about this game. Um, and, and as much as it pains me to say, uh, the Eagles are the right side on this one. So you go Eagles or, or you pass. Um, and, and as Greg said, that's coming down to three. So uh, it should be should be interesting there. But uh, again, you got to watch those injury reports as we get a little bit closer to see where that settles out. If you want to jump on in three now, uh, then go ahead. But that is week seven in the wing foot locks. There's a lot of good analysis. I thought this was one of our best shows yet to date, guys. Um, so hopefully it shows on the stat sheet at the end with wins and losses. Uh, so I'm going to run through one more time, as we always do. The Thursday night, we got a head-to-head -head special between Chris Portente and Greg Hoyle. Chris is on KC minus the three. Greg likes Denver plus the three. The Greg is also on the under 49 points. Greg, we tried to talk him off it. Right now he's on the Dolphins plus 17 points as they head to Buffalo. The fish are going to be on ice this week. <laughs> That's my prediction. He's on an island there. Uh, Chris Portente likes Jacksonville minus three as they head to Cincinnati. I'll roll with the Raiders plus six and a half as they go into Green Bay. Greg likes the Colts money line as they play host to the Texans. I'm on the Giants minus three as they play host to the Cardinals. The wing foot lock of the week, a.k.a. the werewolf lock of the week, the New Orleans Saints plus three and a half in Chicago, and then the Sunday night special, Philadelphia plus three as they head into Dallas. For everybody listening out there, thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe, like, share, rate, review, all that good stuff. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter, at Wingfoot Lock. And remember, follow the hashtag, according to Hoyle, for great picks on 
Saturday college football, and sometimes a little sprinkle throughout the week. For Greg Hoyle, Chris Portense, and myself, Joe Masiri, thanks for listening. And remember, until next time, it's not whether you win or lose, it's whether or not you cover the spread. Have a great week, everybody. Talk to you next time.